am I trying to make money right now from a place of tension and panic and scarcity and grip? Or am I really open to allowing things to come in that I might not even foresee? And so like if you want to grow your business and you want to grow your abundance, the best thing you can do is work on your ability to receive. Welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. This show is about intention, transparency, and insights from business professionals sharing their personal business. Discover what they've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Empowering a new breed of self-aware leadership. Here's your host, Angus Nelson. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 062 of the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. I'm your host, Angus Nelson. It's so great to have you here. If this is your very first show, I want you to know this is your weekly dose of business savvy, emotional intelligence, and a lot of inspiration. I help you master your mindset, dominate your fears, unleash your amazing, and live your most effective self. Now, it is Thanksgiving week here in the United States, and the preparation for the holiday seasons here in the Nelson household. It has begun. We've already set up our Christmas tree. We've decorated the house. The holiday music has already poured into the speakers uh, in and around here, that's for sure. Uh, In fact, I even put up Christmas lights outside of the house, which the timing was perfect. It was evening time here in Nashville, Tennessee, and we've had an extended warm fall. It was like 70 degrees at 8 o'clock at night while I put out the lights the very next day. The temperatures have taken a dive and they haven't recovered. It's it's now uh, fall or winter. It's cold. So I'm so glad I got out there and did it when I did. Um, so my family loves to connect uh, with this tradition. It is that time of the year where we show gratitude for what we have and who we love. And if you're anything like me this year, um, you've probably had a lot of challenges that haven't always felt like something worth being grateful for. And it's been a difficult year for my family specifically. Um, and yet I'm learning that the things that have been hard, they are actually making us strong. And the things that I thought were failures were actually opportunities for lessons learned. And, and, and that, that pain of today, what I know is this, that the pain does not define nor dictate the joys of tomorrow. Let me say that again, that the pain of today does not define nor dictate the joys of tomorrow. I'm learning that this whole thing of life um, has lots of highs and lows. And if you don't love and embrace the lows, um, then you don't understand the highs for what they really are. And, uh, you know, I know it's cliche, but it makes the highs that much better. Um, The fears, the triumphs. It's all just life, and life is not static. It is, it is full of all sorts of wonderful serendipity. Um, and even when, gosh, if I'm really honest, there have been times when it hurts like hell. I have the confidence now that things will turn out well. That my wife said this, and I and I love it. She said that that feelings bring healing. The feeling brings healing. 
And so I've been processing some stuff in my own life and heart and, and oh my gosh, I'm just learning how to love myself and love life um, in and amongst so many things that don't make sense in my head. So today, I bring that to you because we're talking to someone who's also experienced some really difficult seasons in her own life, and she's had a successful lucrative, lucrative career as an executive recruiter, negotiating like more than $50 million worth of salary. Um, she's made her money. She's definitely done well. At the same time, she's lost it all, and she's walked away when what wasn't fulfilling needed to be changed. And she's also the founder of two startups. She started a company called Unroll.me and also Archively. And now she's a transformative coach who works with people who want to leave an impact in this world. So she works with incredible leaders. And today, um, I'm so happy to introduce you to my friend, Perry Chase. We'll touch on some election observations we made. Don't worry, we won't get too deep into that. There's enough of that going around. But we're also going to get into our misunderstanding and connection with this thing called wealth. And we'll also learn how to live your essence. So lots of good stuff coming for you today. Let's jump into that interview right now. You're listening to the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. I'm your host, Angus Nelson. I am so glad to have you here. I'm on the line with Perry Chase. Perry, what is the thing that made you smile the biggest in the last week? Uh, I think this week was a hard week for smiling, to be really honest. I felt like there was an ignition in the world that happened this week that wasn't there before. Uh, How so? You want to kind of share a little bit more deeper as to why? I think you can look at things a couple of different ways. Uh, Number one, I I think that the level of conversation that's been happening among people, particularly on Facebook, I mean, if you really look at Facebook, my feeds anyway, um, the conversations that are happening are not sort of these fluffy, um, like I, you know, I put my wedding photos up there and whatnot, but the, you know, for, 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 for a little bit of comic relief, not comic relief, but just, just relief from it. But the conversations that are happening are deep and like there's, there's a lot of ideology and, and uh, people really posting about their feelings and their fears that you wouldn't normally see. And, and people that post that are posting that, that don't normally post that vulnerably. And it's just, I feel like it's just opened up a whole level of conversation that wasn't there before. Well, and the same token, there's also been an ongoing conversation throughout the entire political process where it hasn't been so fluffy that people have been actually quite dire and quite poignant. Um, And in fact, I think some people have kind of lost themselves by alienating and isolating. So on one hand, they've isolated by, you know, filtering people out of their feed that didn't agree with them and therefore, you know, got into their own echo chambers and their own silos because they've then also accused people who didn't believe the same way as themselves as enemies, as sure. bad guys, as yeah. and then label all the names you want. And it actually, funny enough, tees up a lot of what I want to talk with you about today, which is that... Um, so for, first of all, you know, in this election, th- this was like a gut for a lot of people, uh, you know, a gut shot on either side, right? Like mm-hmm. um, the the people that that voted for Trump, like a lot of them felt like anti-establishment. I don't want it to be the same way. Um, he had a kind of authentic, raw authenticity that I think that a lot of people are craving 
and and that drove a lot of people to vote for him versus like on the other side of the coin over 50 million people condoned his behavior and so whether or not people identify as a sexist or a racist or anti-gay or whatever it might be there is a feeling on the other side of like you just look the other way that hits people in a place of like extreme fear and, and I, I completely agree with you. Um, uh, you know, some people say, well, you can't look past X, Y, and Z on one candidate while they condone ABC Absolutely. on their own candidate or, or their own favorite or whatever. It, we're going to have more of the same. There's going to be some that's going to be good. There's going to be some that's not so good, no matter who gets into office. And my hope is that there's enough checks and balances in the system that compensates and corrects and holds accountable to the actions and behavior that once were permitted when they were just running versus once you're in office, it's a completely different ballgame. Well, let's just talk about that for a second because I, I think this goes into um, some more of the woo-woo stuff that I like to talk about, which is, you know, there's this whole theory, right, that this is the shadow of America. Right? If, you know, if, if people are not familiar with shadow work, the way that shadow work it works is that you have to integrate the subconscious with the conscious. And I think for a long time, we've had this root of uh, hatred and separation and total lack of understanding of other people. And, and um, that is, has just been vomited on the floor now for everybody to kind of smell. And we're all like appalled that that happened. But the truth is it's always been there. And now we actually need to like integrate it and clean it up. And um, it's the reason the, part of the reason I think it's worth mentioning is because we all have shadow and uh, shadow is is anything that's operating in your life that's blocking you from having what you want. So, for instance, if and I'm just going to transition out of otherwise we're going to end up speaking for like five hours on the election. But I'm just going to transition to this, which is that, you know, I work with a lot of people who have a hard time uh, a getting clear on what they want and um, moving forward in what they want. And part of the reason that is, is because we have these unconscious beliefs and fears underneath the surface that actually sabotage our lives. And so um, the brilliant thing about this election is the, with all the crappiness that's going to come out now, at least it's all out like it's out like, <laughs> you know, pe people really put their opinions and their feelings on the table here. And um, it was very clear in, in the way the country voted. And uh, we are going to get to see all of the disgusting nature of the United States, as well as hopefully all of the love and unity and all the other things on the other side, which is the only way that you can even work with that dark stuff. Absolutely. And so even those woo woo, it's, it's actually very, there's some practical stuff in here to work with. And, and I think I would absolutely agree with you in the context that sometimes things have to get messy before they get clean. Yeah. And my yeah, hope is that, is that the level of, conversation will rise. My hope is that the level of confrontation will rise. And I don't mean confrontation as in clash, but rather confrontation with our own thoughts, beliefs, etc. You know, I just watched this thing, some video that's being passed around, it's kind of viral, where people take DNA tests and find out that they're connected with far more of the globe than they once thought. And these were people that they brought in specifically because they had bias 
I guess, yeah. other culture, other country, other, you know, what have you. And then all of a sudden to find out that not only are they part of that, it's, it's in them. They are that. Um, and it was really kind of an eye opener and some tear jerkers, you know, of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, the revelation that they had that we're all more alike than we are different. And that's where I think I want to take off from here is beyond the whole politics behind all of that, every one of us at the end of the day want to live a life that's worthwhile. We want to live a life that's full of satisfaction and fulfillment. Yeah. And we can never get that from other people, A. And B, we can never put our dependence on uh, the powers to be to conduct, you know, this local, my family, my love, my passions and my dreams. Like I get direct relationship with that. So from that, I want to talk about kind of the, the, the things that you do and the people yeah. that you work with. Like, how are you helping people move beyond themselves to acquire that, that alchemy? Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just give a little bit of background of, of how I got here. Because when, when we talk about things getting messy before they get clean, my life got super messy before I arrived at the place that I'm at now. Come on. And, yeah, right? Um, I, I had a seven-figure career as an executive headhunter on Wall Street for many years and, um, felt like I was the most miserable person on the planet. It's not that I didn't like my job. It's that I had acquired all of the checklist of items that I was promised happiness at the end of, you know, you acquire X, Y, and Z and there's happiness at the end of the rainbow. And, uh, that was absolute bullshit. And the thing is that most people never actually reach that level of, of wealth. And so therefore they keep thinking that if they had more that they'd be happy. <laughs> and I can tell you verifiably, it's not true. Yeah. Um, because I did it and, uh, I'm really glad I had the experience. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I appreciated the opportunities and the, the, like I've traveled and seen the world and I've had wonderful, beautiful things. And, um, I ultimately though, it, it certainly was not, going to give me the relationship with myself that I like didn't even know that I needed or wanted at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and none of that money could buy me anything that I was actually really looking for, including freedom, because people seem to think the formula of freedom, which is what everybody truly wants. And I am, I am verifiably certain of, of the fact that most people want this sense of inner peace and freedom. And they think that money is going to give it to them. And I used to think that it was like, fuck you money. Like, um, I have so much money. I don't need you. And it's such a backwards way of thinking because the, the money actually ends up separating you more and more and more. And you have less and less and less of that connection with others and connection with yourself and uh, you you become separationist and protectionist of of the the life that you've created for yourself, and then you live in a bubble. So anyway, the only way to get out of that is to break the bubble, and that can be a painful process. And so um, I I've also I attract people who are like completely stuck in their careers, mm-hmm. and uh, are are like I can't do this anymore. And part of that is because I actually have gone through the method and and have have done it. And it takes guts, right? Because really, um, when you, let's just call it, you climax your life, like when you, when you blow it up, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, you don't always know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like building could fall to the left, building could fall to the right. You're not sure. Mine happened when I was uh, I was living in Hong Kong. Uh, I was about to make partner at the company that I had worked for for over a decade. You know, I was making a ton of money and I was going to Bali on the weekends, things like that. And I was in Bali actually all by myself. And um, I had already started to do some kind of transformative work. I had realized that like I hadn't been in a relationship for five years at the time. And I looked at my life and I was like, there is no way that the man I want to be with wants to be with the woman that I am right now. And I started to like kind of get back to myself, do yoga and, and not party quite as much. And I had started to like make some changes. And by the way, I had absolutely no spiritual uh, connection to anything at that point in my life. And I had read the secret and I was like, Oh my God, this is the most amazing book. Why didn't ever, anybody ever teach me this before? And by the way, this is the secret. So it's actually not even that, like, you know, it's not, it's, it's not really that profound, but it, for me at the time it was, it was profound. And of course it was also the time of eat, pray, love and Bali is part of that. And so I had this idea that I was going to go and try and find Katoot, who is her, her fortune teller in, in eat, pray, love. And, one night I'm I'm sitting I'm sitting watching the sunset at this at this bar and these two girls from Canada who uh, sat down next to me basically said that they were in town to see a guru, uh, an enlightened master, and I had no idea what that was. And they said you have to come meet him. And I said okay, like what is this like a yoga retreat or something? I had no idea. Like I just was so naive. I just had no idea. And I I feel like it's the universe saying to me like, Hey, wake up. Like you got to do something with this time on this planet. And so, um, I met him. His name is Dion Vimal. He's based in Malaysia, but his work, uh, woke me up. Like it was, it was the thing that really started the whole unraveling process of the entire life I had built for myself. It's all about looking at your whole life and how the life that you live right now is made up of all of the beliefs and fears that you have. So everything that you believe in fear creates the world that you live in. And so <laughs> the first thing he's sitting there on a, on like a lounge chair smoking a cigarette and he looks at me and he says, you know, your problem is that you just manifest everything that you don't want. And and then I, I stayed and I, I did this work. And, and the thing that I, I saw that I couldn't unsee from the beginning of doing this work was that I had all of my success for the wrong reasons. And it was mostly for the approval of others. It was like someone pulled the bottom card off a very large house of cards. And I went to back to work on Monday after my week-long vacation in Bali And I called my boss in New York who had known me since I was 18 years old because he had hired me as an intern. And I said, dude, I'm done. And he, he said, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I'm leaving. And I was like about to make partner in October. It was July. Um, I, and he said, oh, he's like, just go take six months off. Go take a sabbatical. The market's shit anyway. And, uh, and I said, no, no, I don't think I understand. Like I am done. And so I left. I get, I'm like, look, I'll give you a month. I'll, I'll wind everything down. Like, meanwhile, I left and then Lehman went under 10 days after I resigned. So it was, it was, it was the timing was really good. Um, but, but I, I had to have, um, 
a lot of courage and I had to get over like I had been making so much money that that I had a lot of I blocks around even even money and like what I needed. The amount of money I thought I needed to live was so high that um, that alone, that belief alone would have blocked me from doing that. And it was the best thing I ever did because ultimately, like, I had a strange relationship with my money back then, which is that I, I just spent it all. I literally got rid of all of it, which is people are like, what? That's crazy. You must have had so much money. And like I did. I just, I just spent it. I lived, I lived very well for a couple of years without working. But the best thing that that taught me was um, it prepared me for being an entrepreneur because I just let go of all these things that I thought I needed, like so much. And now, like, I live very happily and very, in a way, like, my life feels so much richer. Mm-hmm. Like, I have everything that I need. It's not like I don't have nice things. It's that I, I don't need to keep buying more things in order to feel better about my life, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. So you don't need a whole lot of uh, retail therapy when things go down, right? No, no. And and it's it's really, like, and, then, and here's the thing. It takes time. All of this stuff is a practice. You literally have to strip away layer by layer by layer. And like you can't expect that you're going to be good at it all at once. And so part of it, um, you know, if I just give you an example, like then I went off to do startups, right? Like, so I did startups after that. I, I, I did two companies on RollMe and Archively. I just shut Archively down because I didn't want to do it anymore. And um, that was uh, – by the way, that was also a big, a big moment because I had to actually um, – I had to do it in a way where my ego didn't get to be saved. Like it would have been so much better for my ego had I been like, we got acquired or like, you know, uh, like we're, we're going to have some kind of successful outcome. It was like, no, man, we just got killed and we're not going to do it anymore. And the company was a failure. And so like, we're going to shut it down. Mm-hmm. I got no ego saving in that at all. I had to like admit fully like that I failed. And, and I think that was an important lesson for me, but now, so what I've been trying to do is I've been working on this for like the last number of years, which is, is the idea that like, I want to, and this is where startups also, by the way, just did not fit. Like it did not fit. Like I thought like I built my startup because I thought. Uh, a, I didn't have a lot of hope for myself that I was going to get married because <laughs> I was so shitty at relationships that I thought like my whole world was my career. Okay, right, that's right. that's p- bad belief, number one. Um, but number two, I had this belief that like if I had something to say in the world or if I wanted a seat at the table to to have an impact, that I had to have this tech company like that. Mm. I, I don't know why. Like I, it was some weird idea of like if I want to do or be X that I need to prove it by doing Y. And I think that we as a society have that uh, sort of formula very much in, in the reasons we do things. And if you ask yourself like, Hey, like, Oh, like I want to, I want to, I want to do this. And then you can ask yourself, well, why do you want to do that? And you're like, well, I want to do that because I actually really want to do this. And it's like, okay, great. So you just put a condition in front of doing the thing that you actually want to do. And it's a form of resistance that we have. It's like, instead of just getting out there and talking about what I was passionate about or writing a book, it's so important to ask like, why? Because why aren't you just doing the thing that you want to do right now? And, but you know, that's the thing is like, we have those limiting beliefs that cause us to sabotage our own progress. 
So we make excuses to say, well, I can't do this because of that. Exactly. It's, it's, it's so many. So like, I, I actually spent a long time sort of looking at all the forms of resistance. I'm a highly resistant person. And, and by the way, um, I'll say this too. If you have a lot of resistance, chances are you don't have very good boundaries. Mm -hmm. Resistance comes in when you don't have good boundaries as a form of protection. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're not good at saying no, you're going to have some crazy self-sabotage that comes up instead. And it protects you when, when, cause you don't actually have the, the healthy boundary. And so boundaries is another thing that I, I coach on and I work on because I had really shitty boundaries. And so, um, part of the, the boundaries is, is learning to say yes or no based on like what you actually want, not because you're trading it for something else. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not going to say yes to do that because, uh, I think that I'll get, for instance, that approval that I want if I do this thing that I don't really want to do. We do that all the time. Like this is a very, very common thing, right? In our, mm-hmm. in our culture, it's commerce trading, mm-hmm. but resistance looks like avoidance. It looks like self-sabotage. It looks like perfectionism, right? You know, I mean, tons of entrepreneurs do this, which is like, you know, they can't launch a thing until it's perfect. And it's like, you should be embarrassed of your first product, right? You should be embarrassed of that first thing you put out there. Uh, perfectionism, um, superiority and like criticism of others and yourself. Uh, there's just so many there, but they're patterns. And and this is what I'm passionate about. I'm really passionate about like being able to identify all the different patterns, how they operate. And then I literally just, uh, it's, it's like I put a magnifying glass with sunshine on these patterns, you know, and I just burn them, burn them one by one. And that's what I work with people on too. So let's talk about some of those. Like what are some of the patterns that we're, let's talk to the listener right now. Listener here is, is hearing your voice and you have opportunity to speak into their lives right now. Some of the things that they are doing right now to sabotage, can you speak to maybe three things that they may not identify that you kind of just unpack a little bit of what you already talked about? Yeah. I mean, I think, Um, one of the things that happens with sabotage actually happens when things are really awesome. So, uh, in, in like my world, we'd call that a having this level. So like, if you imagine that your ability to receive is, you know, your abundance and that you are a cup, like, let's say your body, your entity, your being, whatever is a cup. And let's say your cup is only the size of a thimble. Okay. And, and so that's going to have all your worthiness, deserving, all of those stories surrounding your thimble from getting bigger. And so let's say something really awesome happens to you. Like, you know, you meet a really amazing person or there's this business deal that you're about to close, which is the biggest thing you've ever imagined for yourself. And then somehow you it up. And the reason is, is because whatever's coming in doesn't actually have room for you to receive it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I also want to just bring this to the conversation of like, this is the masculine and feminine, like the yin and the yang. And so I hate using masculine and feminine because people always think it's like man, woman, and it's not Um, the ability to receive is the feminine. It's the yin. And so like, if you want to grow your business and you want to grow your abundance, the best thing you can do is work on your ability to receive and practice actually letting things in. We live in a masculine world, which is all about taking. 
and force and acquiring and production. But you know what? If you have ever worked in a world like that, you know it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am like the master of that world. Like if you give me something and you're like, get it done, I will move mountains. I have so much power and so much force to be able to do that. But you know what? It's exhausting. And I've learned that like it is actually so much easier if you just actually open. Now, I know this is woo-woo and on an energetic level, like people are thinking like, well, how do I do that? And again, it's practice. It's I, I want to know more about that receiving. Like how does one practice receiving? Because okay. I'm, I'm like you. I am an absolute like get stuff done, execute, execute, execute. I'll get up at 5, 5.30 in the morning and I'll go till nine o'clock without even eating. Okay, perfect. So here, first of all, I would say to you, that's not good because that means you're not taking care of yourself. And like, if you're not taking care of yourself, then uh, chances are you're gripping. So let's just everybody take a moment and uh, notice where you're holding tension in your body. Let's just do this on a really simple physical level. If you're holding tension in your body, it's like you're gripping. And Feel now if you can take a breath and relax and like let feel feel the feeling of air coming in while you relax. So I use that physical sensation to guide how and when I do work and things. So, for instance, if I am feeling panicky about something, like let's say I all of a sudden, you know, like my car breaks down and I'm going to have like a, a payment I wasn't expecting or something like that. I'm just like coming up with something that 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 could throw someone right. Like it would trigger trigger a sense of scarcity or panic. Our bodies grip. OK, so when you grip and then you take action in order to go make more money, like your palm isn't open. You cannot receive it. Your palm is closed. It's in a fist. So if you just think about it from a very simple perspective and you experiment with this, try going this week and see, am I trying to make money right now from a place of tension and panic and scarcity and grip? Or am I really open to allowing things to come in that I might not even foresee? And so like, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, and this, this is where this is where you actually I'm not a religious person. I just want to say that I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person. And so I believe in uh, energy, like the way that energy flows in and out for me is it's it's almost like scientific. It's it's but but there's like a faith that you kind of have to have that the the possibility of what is out there for you is actually greater than the possibility that you've created in your mind of what can happen and you are not in control. And so it is this practice of constantly opening up to the possibility that you cannot see it all and you cannot create it all, but you have to be open to it all. So for instance, um, let's say now I work as an entrepreneur, right? I, I do coaching. I do some recruitment. And basically this is part of what I, what I was saying to you earlier, which is that I've created my life to be not cookie cutter, elevator pitch of, you know, this is my brand. It's that I actually want to live my essence. I want to live like all of the things that were meant to be expressed of me in the world. And so how do I do that? It's like I constantly am feeling into 
what feels good? What, what feels good to do today? Not like I need to wake up and do this and make my 50 phone calls because I don't have enough money and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to panic and my business is going to shut down. I'm going to go bankrupt and lose my house. I'm going to be homeless and my wife and kids are going to be on the street. And blah, blah, blah. That is really what happens to people. Mm-hmm. You know, you've had that. Absolutely. <laughs> I've been there. But, but guess what? Like that is the part of your mind that literally you need to put like, let like if I'm ever in that panic state, I literally do nothing because I'm like, you know what? There is nothing that is going to be created out of this tight gripping. Okay. That could possibly bring me any abundance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so when I do, I usually read a book when I feel or, like or that can I or interject- take a walk. Perry, yeah, Perry, I'd also say, too, like any decisions you make in light of that emotion are usually bad choices. Of course. It's like fear based. You'll 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 create more work than it's than in, than it's worth. You'll you'll agree to something that will pay you less than what you should be taking, yeah. like all sorts of chaos. Right. It's scarcity. So anytime you're, you're operating out of fear and scarcity, then then you can't actually let go of the possibility here. Let me let me give you a really good example of this from a non-business because people people really um, the, the illusion of uh, what what business and money that there is. It's an illusion, um, but there is a safety, right, that everybody likes to have. It's a certain level of safety and security. And we, we rely on money and structures to give us that false sense of safety. And if I'm confusing you right now, don't worry about it. If you, you hear what you hear and whatever resonates from you, for you, you take that away and that'll be the thing that you needed to hear. If there's things I'm saying that you don't hear or understand, don't worry about it. It doesn't resonate for you. Just take what's good for you and leave the rest. When you look at something like where you have really good boundaries, like let's say like you, you happen to be good with relationships, right? And um, for most people, it would be like, okay, well, uh, you know, this this person is an addict or uh, this person, like for women, you know, this is a good one, which is um, most women I know would not be willing to be in a relationship with a man who physically abuses them, right? It seems really cut and dry, right? But we don't have those kind of um, boundaries around business. There's a way where people get so scarce about money that that they'll do anything, right? The, the, they'll put themselves in situations where they totally hate what they're doing mm-hmm. in, in, in the name of safety, which is like security of having a job, for instance. Um, and I could go on and talk about the state of the economy and people and work and all of that. And what I would like to see, and you and I have talked about the future of work is like where people are able to fully express all the talents and skills and things that were gifted to them in this life um, in a way where they don't have to work for a company. They don't have to uh, have a boss per se, but like where we live in a collaborative working culture and that people are passionate enough about what it is that they're actually doing that you don't need all these crazy management structures, which really just suck the life out of people. I mean, if you look at if you look at just the way work is set up now, I mean, I could never work for a big company. I just 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 I just couldn't yeah. just doesn't work for me. A lot of people that I work with in corporate, you know, I've even heard them say something to the effect of I'm just trying to maintain my soul. I'm just tr- see see that's terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I'm just trying to maintain my soul. 
should should not be the price that we pay tragic, to earn right? a living. Yeah, absolutely tragic. And um, happy to say that person has has left and is now doing um, startup and loving it. So yeah, they, they made good choices. Well, and and I see the thing is. I, I think that people are driven towards being ultra wealthy because they do believe that it's going to give them a certain amount of freedom or they're very interested in power. Um, and my experience is that true freedom and true power come from, don't come from that. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. It de- definitely gives you influence and it definitely allows you to, um, to do things in the world. But if you think someone like Mark Zuckerberg is free, <laughs> he is not free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He has a like large commitment to many things and he can't just, you know, go do whatever he wants. Like it's, it's just, it's an, it's, a, and it's an illusion. The freedom that we think that is there is an illusion. So anyway, I want to talk about um, another element too. So I asked you, you know, are there like three things that you could share? So one, we are talking about that element of not gripping, not, not holding, not, you know, that desperation, that lack mentality. And yeah. instead, you know, learning how to breathe, learning how to receive, learning how to be open. Like what's one more thing um, that you could share with our listeners? Yeah. So I give a lot of my clients uh, an energy exercise. It's called the energy accounting. And what it is, is you go through your day and you can, you can do this. You take a pen and paper or you can use an app like toggle. That's like a little time tracker. And You literally write down for about a week everything that you do during the day. And then next to everything that you're doing, you write down whether or not you felt drained or energized afterwards. And it's a simple exercise. But what you'll see very, very quickly, and I love audits like this, anything that has you sort of just like write down the facts of things, you will see things very clearly. You see what are the things that you're doing that are draining you? What are the things that you're doing that are nourishing you? And then you can start to redo your schedule based on what's nourishing before you do what's draining. So I went through a period of uh, over the summer, I live in Arizona, and uh, I did an experiment over the summer, which was I, I went to the pool every morning and read a book before I worked which sounds so crazy, right? You're like, oh, I can't do that. That's that's like cheating. That's like a vacation and like you can't do that. And, right. Um, right? And, and, and we have a f***ed up mentality in this country, which is that like all pleasure is a reward for doing hard work. Mm-hmm. Who said that? Who decided that was the case? It's like having dessert for breakfast. And it's like, why wouldn't you do something that was actually – going to fill you up. And then by the way, all the other stuff you have to do, you get done in an hour and it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. As opposed to dragging yourself through all of this energy draining work. And then by the way, you don't even then have time to do the thing that you actually really wanted to do. So I encourage people start your day. You too, Angus, start your day doing something absolutely indulgent or what you would consider indulgent and then see how productive you end up being actually. Mm-hmm. It's a great reframe and it takes a little bit of time to work your brain because people uh, feel guilty and it's like there should be no guilty pleasure because then you're not really giving it to, to yourself. You just give it to yourself. Just have it. Like you, you want to have that chocolate cake, just eat the 
chocolate cake. Don't feel guilty about mm-hmm. eating the chocolate cake because then you didn't even enjoy the chocolate cake. Just eat it. Enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, I love it. And, you know, the, we, we could obviously get in the weeds on a lot of this stuff um, in the context that some people probably aren't necessarily tracking with all of our conversation. But my invitation to you who are listening this conversation is a very real conversation. It's not as woo-woo as some people would anticipate. There are so mm. many things that we have culturally placed as priority or goals or um, trajectory. Like that's where we're supposed to be that are simply lies. There are also elements in our own head that we have told ourselves, stories we've created that are lies. And then there are elements that we have um, experienced and then placed our own judgments as to why they exist that are also lies. I want to say something right there because I, I, I think that there's, that's exactly true. And, um, going back to the masculine feminine thing that we talked about earlier, we all have masculine feminine components inside ourselves and the structure, the drill sergeant, the internal person that says you have to do it this way. That's your masculine your feminine is actually how you feel, right? So how many times have you tried to logically talk yourself out of a feeling or, or rationalize a feeling? And what if you just actually didn't have to do that? What if your feeling was as important and as valid as your logic? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you can start to, because once you start to tap into your feeling, right, you can then start to live from the place of like, this feels good or like this doesn't. And there's a little line my wife gave me. I wrote it on my bathroom mirror because I write all sorts of stuff in my bathroom mirror that are like my things that encourage me. And uh, my wife said, feeling is healing. Sometimes the things we feel are the things we have to process in order to get past them. Absolutely. And that's another thing that's happening in this election, too, which is that the country, like, got really triggered. Like, some old trauma really got released. And you have a lot of people uh, sort of happening is you have you have a, a feeling conversation of people kind of screaming, being like, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And then other people being like, well, these are the facts. And this is why you should be okay. And, you know, and it's like just. It, have you ever seen that video? Uh, it's not about the nail. No. It's a BuzzFeed. Uh, you have to post it with, with this conversation, but it's called It's Not About the Nail. And basically this woman has a nail in her forehead and she's crying. And the, her boyfriend is like, honey, you have a nail in your forehead. And she's like, I don't want to hear about the why and I don't need you to fix me. And I just want to be sad because I have this headache and all this pressure. And, you know, <laughs> and it's like, it's not about the nail. And and it's so funny because it's, it's exactly that uh, hilarious uh, visualization, you know, character characterization of this thing of how the masculine and the feminine, like the feeling and the logic just bump up against each other in communication. And we have that within ourselves and truly abundance and creativity and all the things that you need to be a successful entrepreneur. Like, sure, you do need structure, you need discipline, but the the things that are going to really drive you as an entrepreneur are actually the feminine. It's, it's the feminine, not to be confused with women, the feminine, Mm -hmm. the feminine, the feelings, the creativity, the things that are unstructured and flow and create innovation and ideas and all of that stuff. That is uh, the yin energy. The power of emotional intelligence. 
That's right. I think that is the future. Well, Perry, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they go about doing so? Uh, they can go to perrychase.com. And I will have a goodie for them to download for that, for your audience as well. Super. And we'll get that link and I'll put it in the show notes. You can go ahead and check out the show notes and uh, I'll make sure that's there. I'll tell you that after the show. Um, Perry, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, before I close, is there one thing that you want to say before we uh, shut this thing down? I would like to encourage anyone listening to uh, look at the thing that's blocking them or that they think is blocking them right now and ask a couple of questions, which is, is that true? And what is the worst thing that would happen if you went ahead anyway? So I leave you with those two questions. Great questions. Well, Perry, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Thank you, Perry, for joining us today. I really appreciate uh, her time and openness. So as you were listening uh, to this interview, what stood out to you? Was there an area that you felt particularly personal or kind of made your heart skip a beat when you heard some of those words? For me, um, that act of receiving that Perry was talking about, I've I've always been kind of a get-things-done kind of guy, and the act of placing myself in a position of receiving, um, asking for help, or yielding to someone else uh, for doing things for me, that's always been uh, really hard for me. Um, that's not something that comes super easy. Uh, and I know, you know, for some of you, you know, I'm super vulnerable and open and, and, and yet, you know, that's an area that it's hard for me. Uh, this conversation, um, this has really stuck with me, uh, since we had that interview, uh, last week. And, and, you know, for me, uh, Perry calls this thing, you know, grip that when things get challenging, we tend to grip. Uh, onto things. And, and I'm guilty of that. And I've certainly had times where when I'm feeling under pressure, I try to control the things around me. I, I totally grip. I, I'm a gripper. Um, first come, first step to overcoming your problems and mean you have one. So I grip, I wrestle, I stress, I try to control. I'm ridiculous. I get it. I know it. I'm, I'm very much well aware of it. And yet I'm also learning that it's a huge waste of energy and emotion. Now what I'm working on is I'm learning to rest, to trust, to be patient in the process. And I want to lean into this organic nature of life and allow things to come my way. Not because I've manufactured it, not because I've manipulated it, not because I've caused it to happen, but instead, rather, I've just opened myself up. So I've had different terminology, but because of what Perry said, I'm just going to embrace that. I'm developing my ability to receive. And that's certainly easier said than done. But I know this, it's far easier to sleep, eat, and even think when I'm receiving than when I'm gripping. 
And that alone becomes my incentive to let go of that, which I really, truly cannot control. Even though I may think I can, I truly can't. So for you, what spoke to you in uh, this conversation? I want to know. Please drop me a note. Um, I would love to hear from you, even if you have questions or thoughts about today's show. Maybe you want to ask me a question. I just got an email uh, today from a mother whose son got back from Afghanistan, has already tried to take his life. And she forwarded to him some of the information that I share. And I want to tell you, this stuff is real to me. Like, that's one of the most encouraging things that I can know, is that people are using my heart, my experience, my story to impact people's lives. And my hope is that's what it's doing for you. If you have questions, again, please reach out to me. I'm at Angus Nelson on Twitter. You can email me at hello at AngusNelson.com. I'm here for you. And I want to help you more. And I'm going to be even more intentional with that. If you want to join our Facebook group, uh, you can find that on our website. Um, in fact, there's a link for it in the show notes for today at the bottom of the page. You can simply go to AngusNelson.com forward slash 062 for all the notes. And I've got some links to some of the videos that we talked about, particularly that um, it's not about the nail. I went and watched that after this conversation. And oh my gosh, it's kind of funny. So I hope you get to take part in that. Please, again, reach out to me. I am your host, Angus Nelson. Please go and tell your friends about this show because the greatest compliment that you can give is a referral to someone else, either by telling them in person or sharing it on the web. Go ahead and post this onto your Facebook feed, into your Twitter. Tell people, hey, this is a show you need to hear and here's why. I love you for it. Keep taking your business up by getting up in your business. Live intentionally, love extravagantly, and lead with self-awareness. Be amazing. Thanks for listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. Find more at upinyourbusiness.co. Remember, that's .co, not com.